What is up? Welcome to Culture FC, the weekly soccer podcast that's not really about soccer. We cover lifestyle, fashion, supporter culture, all the things surrounding the beautiful game, just none of the stuff happening on the pitch. My name is Louie. My name is Aggie. And my name is Mikey. And if this is your first time here, you're doing it wrong. We have 64 other episodes where we talk about all the craziness in world football, but that's all right. We don't blame you if you're starting here, but just go back and listen to the past ones because they're pretty darn good too. Five more episodes to our golden episode, folks. Oh, we cannot wait. (laughs) On this episode, we talked about a whole bunch of different stuff. We started off with actually a listener suggestion about uh, sports gambling and gambling companies on soccer kits and what we thought about it. We then moved on to United States Women's National Team meeting for mediation with the United States Soccer Federation shortly after the World Cup is set to end. And we finished off by talking about where we think the 2022 World Cup should be moved. Last week, news broke that Michel Platini has been arrested in connection with the Qatari World Cup bid and all of the corruption going on with that. And there's been rumors that FIFA has been meeting in secret to determine a location to move the World Cup to. So we discussed where we think it would be a good idea to move it to. And we got some ideas, folks. Let me tell you. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you are subscribing whether that is on YouTube or in whatever podcast app that you use, you can find us on all the podcast apps. And if you really enjoyed the episode, make sure you share it with a friend. Let them know that you and you listen to this awesome podcast where three dummies talk about soccer all day and uh, two and a half, two and a half dummies. Yeah. Cool homies show. Cool homies. More cool things. <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's facts, though. You can follow us on all of our social medias at Trouble Soccer. And you can even follow this show's specific Instagram at culturef.c. But there you are, guys. That's enough of our rambling. Let's get into this week's episode. Alrighty, guys. So, diving into our first uh, little section of this episode... Uh, and actually, this came as a suggestion from one of our listeners. Uh, Rithik Patel asked if we can do an episode about our favorite kits. And I would also like to know your opinions on gambling sponsorships on kits since they're so prevalent nowadays. So what I was thinking is each of us real quick, we're going to take some time and just think about our favorite kit from our club and our favorite kit that's not of our club. That okay. way it's a little bit more interesting. And okay. I'm going to cut out all the thinking time so that you at home don't have to sit here there in silence. <laughs> JK, you're getting the you're getting the clock noise. <laughs> it is a two hour long episode with thirty minutes of silence, ambient noise. All right, so now that we've done our little brainstorm session that you didn't have to listen to, uh, let's start. Let's go down the line. I'll start with Mikey. Let's do our favorite club kits, and then we'll go back around and do favorite non club kits, non our favorite club. Michael, kick us off. So my favorite ugly. <laughs> club kit <laughs> and I am an Arsenal fan so my favorite Arsenal kit is the 1999-2000 kit with the Dreamcast logo oh the home one yes do you have a picture by chance I see this yes you can you can see you guys can't see but I'm gonna want to take a look for all uh-huh. this ooh retro I like it uh, yeah my favorite the subtle blue, navy blue and then the big red part in the middle Top notch. Top I didn't expect a bruised banana pick out of you. But I thought I was gonna. I thought you were gonna give the bruised banana. Yeah, I like my. I like Arsenal weight kits. I like the bruised banana. It's probably second, but 
I I really like the home, the red and the white, white sleeves always. Fair. Classy. I respect it. Good classic choice. Thank you. My turn? Okay. I, of course, had to make this a little difficult for everybody. I apologize. I picked the 09-10 Chelsea kit with the breastplates. There's a picture you guys see. Yeah, I'm confused about you. Oh, the blue one? Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. yes, 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 yes. That mm. one. Now, this this is my pick only because what would have been my number one pick would have been the all blue with the gold trim the year after we won the Champions League. But we lost the Club World Cup, which we would have the gold patch right in the oh, middle, and that would just accent the jersey perfectly. We would have been dope. Exactly. So that would have been my number one had we won the Club the Club World Cup, but we didn't. So I'll go with the 9 10 kit. Damn. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite's probably uh, the 1990 to 1992 away Manchester United kit. The one that actually was the inspiration for the sticker on my laptop ah. um, that we designed. I'm going to try to put it closer to the camera, but um, that is probably my favorite kit. Just because it was super dope, like 90s aesthetic. I don't know. Just really dig it right now. Yeah, it's definitely a 90s vibe. Yeah. Now, is it controversial that you're uh, a United fan, but your favorite kit is Sky Blue? No, I don't think so, because it's probably one of the most iconic United kits from the 90s. It's crazy, because Manchester is blue. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's crazy, because just like London. <laughs> All right, let's go back crickets, around and crickets. say your favorite uh, non-club kit. Um. So, this one was a tough one for me, because... In recent times, I really gravitated towards the uh, Nigeria World Cup kit. You know, the crazy green one. I think it was super innovative. And I think international kits and also debating these. Yeah, dummy. So I really like that. Wait, wasn't wasn't the question your favorite your favorite club kit is not your club? Oh hey, yeah, I was gonna look. I was gonna go international yeah, too, but hey, okay. Okay, never mind. I'm on. Well, no, we can do I'm non. We can do non. Because I have my, Yeah, That's I have fine. my second one. Oh okay, yeah, whatever. Say thing. I'm just making this difficult. And then. I really also like the um, 2012-2013 Juventus away one. All hot pink with the black star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that was a nice one. It was a nice one, you know what I mean? That's probably one. Funny, my, my, uh, one of my favorite non-club kits, or my, this is so hard to say. <laughs> my pick was also from the Serie A. Hmm. I, again, made this difficult. I picked two. I picked the Inter Milan, I think it was the 2010-11, the all-white with the dragon up the side. Oh, yeah. Yep. Love that one. I also picked the, I think it was 2012-13 Marseille third kit, the one with the 3D pattern on the chest. Oh, shit, mm-hmm. that, that one was nuts. I just thought it was honestly innovative as hell. Yeah. yeah. They get points for creativity for, to, for me. I actually really enjoy, like, this past season's home Ajax kit. It's just, like, a classy, classy, like, yeah. iconic look, you know? I agree. Um... But cool, yeah, so that would be my pick. But moving along, what do you guys think of, to answer Rithik Patel's other question of, what do you think of sponsorship logos on uh, club jerseys? Like, how do you feel about the world of like sports betting kind of entering into sports? Um, it's a tough one. I, gen- I don't like it. You don't? I don't. Uh, I feel like we should keep it away from it, you know what I mean? Um. So before you answer the question about the, the kits, what do you feel? How do you feel about sports betting in general? I um, I mean, I probably do it, <laughs> so that's one thing. But um, 
I just don't think it looks a good look for teams to be sponsored by them and stuff like that. But why? You know, I, I don't disagree with you. I think, again, I kind of agree with you. Betting on, on games and having something else on the line definitely makes it a little more exciting. Yeah. Like recently, for example, the NBA Finals, I bet on with a couple friends. Didn't really care who won. But once I put money on the line, you better believe I was rooting for the team with money on. Yeah. So it definitely gives it a notch of excitement. But I do agree with Mikey that putting it, that having betting companies on a football team's shirt, I do think it's a little over the line just because, I don't know, I don't think you should be meshing them. I don't think the team should be promoting the betting. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. And that's where I'm, I kind of agree. And I feel like clubs are classy to me. You know what I mean? Like a sports betting that's not going to look classy on your jersey. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the way I see it, I actually don't mind sports betting. I think it's a way of getting people involved in the game. Right, right, now, right. of course, it has to be a heavily regulated industry or else it just doesn't work or else you start getting, you know, people throwing games and shit like that, which unfortunately happens. I mean, look at City A over the last, I don't know, however many years. Yeah. Juventus got docked all those points, got sent down to, like, the bottom of the ever got back. And, and so, you know, there already is some of that rigging, especially now with even this past season, uh, people are investigating the Spanish League. They were saying that some of the games were, were rigged. So, right, something like that. And so, basically, it's, it's something that happens that unfortunately shouldn't happen. But at the same time, I think that sports betting is a way, like you said, do you get involved into the sport? I think that it's if it's heavily regulated and it's, you know, Make sure, sure that it's not detracting from the sport. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Because it's a way that people can generate money. It's another economy, you know. Now, I don't know. I don't like. I think I agree with you, too. I don't know if I, if I want that to be, a, like, you know, put on the front of a soccer kit, you know. Because it's in a way, it's like the team is now benefiting off of someone making money off of their team winning or losing. Right, so, right. It almost, it's, it's almost getting too close to, exactly. to the team. It's meshing a line that... I, that I don't want blurred, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's cool if, like, there are betting, especially in Europe. Sports yeah. betting is right. so different than it is here in America, where we finally just got sports betting, like, allowed, and it still hasn't even taken that much effect. Um, but, you know, it is changing here in the States, too. But it's funny, man. I, I don't. I don't like how close it is, especially, like, it seems like a lot of the championship clubs are all basically, like, sponsored by betting sites, yeah. like, Bet 888 or whatever it is, like, all these other ones, and, um, I don't know, I don't know if I like it, I think it's a little too close, it's, you know, but then again, if you think about it, right, like, you're closer to home, the Red Sox, they, they're sponsored by the MGM in Springfield, so it's like, you know, in, in a, a way, way now that sports betting is legal, it is getting a little close to home, you know? Because technically, yeah, you know, there are bookies at MGM. Okay, maybe it's not at MGM Springfield, but, you know, through that system, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's, it's an interesting one. It is. I mean, I, it's one of those where I'm entertaining the debate from both sides of it. Yeah. I'm pretty much just over the line for don't put it on the shirt. Yeah, if you had throw out a good argument, especially because it's like you know clubs need money and exactly what do betting sites have? They have and money. And if, if your best offer out there is a betting site as a sponsor, then guess what? Why shouldn't you benefit from them? Their shares are benefiting from your result, right? From their money. Yeah. So I get it. I get why you would do it. That's if that's the best offer you have on the table. I get it. If I was doing a club, I'm not. I'm not getting more. Okay, I lie. I wouldn't get more. Betting probably not. Well, yeah, like a guitar sponsorship. sponsorship. Yeah, I mean, that's good money. But. Yeah. 
but, but and so so, so then the other thing, thing is is like you know, you know i mean i think a lot of it that the reason why i have such a, a strong feelings kind of against the sports betting thing is that here in america because sports betting betting has been illegal for so long illegal bookies have been so strong and like people have yeah. been accused of rigging games and it's been in secrecy so it's almost like you know, I, I'm not so well versed on how they deal with it in Europe because clearly they've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, there haven't been there have been a couple of instances where a couple of games have seemed to be rigged. But at the same time, I don't know if it's been super duper prevalent in, in, over there. And if that's the case, then I don't know. As long as I feel like as long as the sports betting isn't taking if you aren't taking bribes and like, yeah, aren't yeah. ruining the sport just for the betting. I'm okay with it, but unfortunately, I don't know if there's a way to really stop that from happening. So that's kind of where exactly. why I'm on the fence on it. Okay, I feel you guys. I see where both you guys are coming from. I still don't want any in my club. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like if Chelsea had a had a betting company on their shirt, I'd I'd be pissed. Because like you said, it's you want your club to represent class and just something higher up. You know what I mean? And betting just legal or not, it just feels dirty. <laughs> it feels it. You know what I mean? You can't avoid it. It feels dirty really does but all right moving along uh actually before that i wanted to thank uh rishik patel again for suggesting this for us and guys out there leave comments in Mm -hmm. either dm us email us or leave it right on our youtube that's where rithik left his comment and just keep sending us your suggestions actually go right on our twitter we've been using it a lot lately for the podcast so uh send us a dm or tweet at us yeah seriously trouble soccer doesn't even matter how wild your question is the wilder the question the better my friend Michael here has some wild takes he'd love to expose. <laughs> oh yeah, don't get me started. So please. trust me, the the weirder, the wilder the question. Let's hear it. We'd love to. Uh, we'd love to debate what you want to hear. Alrighty, guys, moving along to something that we've kind of been following for a while now. Uh, there's been some news on the uh, United States Women's National Team versus United States Soccer Federation lawsuit front. Uh, basically, they were going to wait to tell this news to everybody until after the world cup but it kind of just leaked last week and figured we talk about it uh basically the united states women's national team players and the united states soccer federation have announced that they will be en- they will enter into a pay dispute mediation just shortly after the women's world cup concludes and so you know basically what it is is they're gonna sit before someone who's gonna be appointed as a mediator they're gonna have a genuine conversation and try to come to an accord but it's not a guarantee that a settlement will be reached or that a trial will be avoided. But it's a process that simply means that both sides agree to present their arguments in private to a mediator who, unlike a judge or an arbitrator, has no power to issue a legally binding decision. Uh, basically, instead, the mediator is going to recommend something. But if one or both sides reject it, they don't go with it. It's just basically okay. like an in-between step right. between going to, to court, court and not and just trying to settle it out of court. Um But the women's case might have gotten a boost from a report in the Wall Street Journal last week that based on U.S. soccer's audited financial statements, the newspaper said the women generated game-related revenues of $50.8 million in the three years following the 2015 Women's World Cup, which is nearly $1 million more than the men made. Which, if you remember the big argument by the USSF as to why they weren't receiving as much money as the men, was that there wasn't enough money in the women's game. Which, it was their argument for the NWSL, but what you're not realizing is that the way the women, the United States Women's National Team is paid is that basically the USSF subsidizes all of the salaries of all women's players on the national team. So basically, if you play on the national team, your club doesn't pay you. The United States Soccer Federation does. So, sure, they can argue that they weren't paying the players based on the revenue coming in for the NWSL, 
But what you have to remember is that the, the soccer federation still makes money off of the games that the national team plays. So they're still making more money than the men. That's the bottom line. They're bringing in more money for the, the federation than the men. And sure, you can look at me and say, okay, it's like less than 1%. But at the same time, it it's basically equal. It's 50.8 and 50. or. 50.8 and 49.8 million dollars like sure they're they're relatively similar amounts but they should at least be equal then right if they're so close but exactly. why aren't yeah they? no you got a point there and which by in contrast in 2011 the men earn nearly 20 times more than the women so of course this has been a growing thing and yep. the women's game has been growing so much since the 2015 world cup but that still doesn't change the fact of what's happened over the last 4 years you know what i mean right, they've been right. making they've been pulling in way more they've money. made the strides they've made the moves to get their game to the exposure level the men are at and they're there to see the benefits especially because this just shows that you know winning a world cup has a big impact oh, on how absolutely. much absolutely absolutely maybe what we do we just put Christian Pulisic and Alex Morgan in a ring Drop a ball. First one to get Meg loses. Ooh. Other side wins. And that's how they did the settle the dispute? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Done. <laughs> Done. And then we'll get sports betting involved, and everyone will make money. Okay, see, now we're not getting classy. <laughs> money in the waters here. That is the dumbest thing I've unheard ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, my, man, my man CP would uh, dominate her. So, my question to you guys is, do you think that mediation might lead to something do you think that it's how do you feel about this news i mean i'll say this hopefully i'm wrong but i feel like it's a step that won't lead to much unfortunately i definitely am glad they're trying to hear each other out and trying to make the step but i feel like the mediator is going to suggest something one side won't agree and boom right back to the back right back to step we were at now i hope i'm wrong and i hope they find some middle ground and agree but I would actually, I would be surprised if they do this and both parties come out with an agreement. Right. How about you? I actually think this is going to be a stumbling block. You think so? Yeah. I think they're going to go in. The women are going to want what they're wanting to want. They're going to be like, absolutely not. And I think it's going to rile the women up and we're going straight to court and it's going to be messy. Yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how it plays out because Egg makes a good point. There's There's a very good chance that, you know, they go in and basically it just like doesn't lead to anything. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's kind of the drawback of mediation where it's like, there's not legally binding. It's just like a, Hey guys, let's try and come together. Um, and I think there's a really good chance that it could be a stumbling block too, because like you said, the USSF hasn't backed down necessarily in any of their public statements about anything ever since this whole process began. So I don't know if these, I don't know if these revelations really change much. I mean, I think exactly. that it I think that it should, especially because of the timing of it, but at the same time, I just don't see the USSF basically just giving over the power like that. That that just does that's not their MO. That's not how they do things. That's not that's not how they've ever done things. And so I I wonder, man. I I the thing that is interesting to me is that a weird part of me doesn't want the mediation to fix everything because this lawsuit puts so much spotlight on all the crappy other stuff that the ussf does on a regular basis that in a weird way if they like you know agree to this out of court the biggest spotlight that has ever been on the ussf will be will go away and yeah we've talked about their problems on multiple episodes of this podcast and they're they are riddled with problems that are so much 
there's so many more than just not paying the women enough, which maybe it is the biggest problem that they aren't paying the women enough based on what they've done. But there's so many smaller problems that go so deep. And like right now, there's the added benefit that people are paying attention to the United States Soccer Federation as an entity, which as for a long time, no one really talked about it. It was just kind of like they did their thing in the shadows. They were dickheads, but it was what it was. But now because of this pending lawsuit, so much attention has been going towards this. Right. Maybe not as much as it should be, but plenty of it is. And so they haven't been able to operate in the dark is what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. so I hope that I hope that they do get a resolution, of course, that benefits the women player, the women's players in this fair. I'm not saying let's fuck over the USSF, but you know, at the same time, this shining light on 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 all of their problems is beneficial to an extent. Because yeah. the world is kind of seeing how shady and shitty they kind of are. Basically Louis saying it's not fuck the USSF. But it's fuck the USSF. You know I mean? Facts. <laughs> Facts. But yeah, no, I, I get I get what you're saying. I mean, for once, everything, all the shady shit they've done is kind of coming to light in a sense. And hopefully, hopefully we uh, bring them down a notch. Also, just kind of be badass in general. Like, let's step out of this criticism role for a second. Just imagine, like, a bunch of players taking, a, like, a, a federation to court. Like, that's kind of cool. It, it is. is pretty cool. In general, it's just, like, a fun story to follow. Like, that's like, huh, you don't it, see that every day. And imagine them beating it. It's going to be legendary. That would. That would actually set a massive precedent. Yeah. So, you know, not the biggest update, but definitely something noteworthy to think about and look out for. They will be doing it after the World Cup. Now, imagine if the women win, win. the World Cup. Ooh, boy. Ooh, they go going in. the title. Bringing in a ton of revenue. All of this stuff. And imagine the USSF still has the balls to go, nah. They they probably will. I wouldn't be surprised. Unfortunately, like that's yeah. just the way they've they've been. I wouldn't be surprised. They're so stuck in their ways. Yeah, it would just like a win in the World Cup would bring so much leverage to the table for the women. It's actually like a little ridiculous if you think about it. Like that would be pretty killer. I hope it. I hope it gets them paid way more than the men. Yeah, yeah, that'll be something to see how it goes. But especially since this World Cup is so big. It's been massive. The The numbers that this World Cup has been pulling in, in terms of te- television revenue is insane. 12 billion people in France watched the game yesterday. It was a red, like, record for French people watching watching that game. It's nuts. What a good game it was, too, honestly. Such a good game. Yeah. Yep. Such a good game. Had everything. Had drama. Had excitement. It was a good game overall. Very good game from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate for Brazil. But. Yeah. Takes uh, takes you guys' predicted final out of, out of contention, but... yeah. Mine's still going strong. England took out with the Cameroon. Correct? Cameroon. That was another. That was crazy, a nutty game. game. That was a crazy yeah. game. Cameroon women just straight up refusing to kick off. I couldn't believe that. And the like, I give I give the rest some credit because she talked to the captain, did all that. But at the same time, like they did it again the next goal. I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'm like after you spoke to her the first time, I said don't do this, and she they do it again. You need to take control of this game. It's kind of crazy too because that that game was getting out of hand. Like, oh, yeah. you see the video of the girl spitting on one of the other. Yep. See, I didn't think it was that. I don't know. Maybe it was the angle I saw it didn't really look exactly intentional. She definitely looks at the arm and then spits. When she spits, I feel like she's looking straight ahead. She didn't really didn't look. Like she targeted the arm. Now I don't think she was actually trying to miss either. But yeah, there was another one that was the an England player got elbowed in the face at one point. I saw that, that the ref just didn't see didn't do anything about there was the spitting incident it was just a dirty game all around and like it was just nutty like it was one of those games that you were just watching like what is gonna happen next exactly but hey at least the team that did all that dumb stuff is out so yeah unfortunate to say because i mean i'm glad that they got so far but that's not i'm sorry that's just that's what you're gonna play you you reap what you sow you know what i mean 
And like you could be mad about VAR, you could be mad about pretty much anything, but that that's just how the game is, man. Like I get it. It was un- maybe you felt it was unfair, though. I didn't really think so from, from my from yeah. my understanding of the game. Um, I guess I could understand why they were mad because of how long the VAR was taking and was delaying the game and kind of building that drama. But at the yeah. same time, you're there to play. You're an athlete. Exactly. You just gotta go back to doing what you gotta do. Exactly. You know what I mean, it just wasn't. It wasn't a good look, man. I didn't like that at all. Um. But all right, guys, moving along to our favorite seemingly weekly segment called FIFA being FIFA. Dun, dun. There's some big, big news. I really we need to get some like a, like intro music for this. Segment. I'm saying like I was trying to do like, the law and order music. <laughs> <laughs> We had to like start introing them like executive producer Dick Wolf. <laughs> we need well, something fancy. Well, we'll find out a way to do it. But basically, the big, big news out of last week is that ex-UEFA president Michel Platini has been arrested over corruption allegations having to do with the Qatar World Cup. Basically, Mr. Platini was serving a eight-year suspension from the game for corruption when he accepted like an 100, a $1.6 million bribe from Sepp Blatter, which also got Sepp Blatter completely uh, excluded out of the game forever. But Michel Platini was serving his suspension, and he was actually arrested last week in connection... Apparently, the the corruption of the Qatari World Cup bid was so corrupted that they had to go and arrest the guy. Um, basically, a lot of it is coming from the fact that he met with the Qatari crown prince just a couple of days before announcing the Qatar World Cup. Another interesting nugget from the story that I found was that of the 22 men who, or sorry, the 22 people, most of them men, who voted to give Qatar the World Cup, 13 of them have been involved with corruption allegations, charges, or bans. So more than half of the people who gave the Qatar the World Cup have either been arrested, accused of, charged with, or linked with corruption and is has been removed from the game in some part or fashion. You think about that. You think of those numbers that you'd be like, huh, something went wrong here. <laughs> Literally. Maybe we should do something. Because let's think about it. 11 being half of 22 is less than 13. So they were going to get that passed regardless of how oh, it yeah. went about. And so basically what's kind of been transpiring? The Qatar World Cup is a massive sham. The amount of people, the amount of migrant workers who have been dying has been ridiculous. Yeah, it's and been the, ongoing for years now. The corruption on its own is already a reason to take, the, take it away. The migrant workers and everything, that whole scandal is, in, is an entire, it's an even bigger issue. You know what I mean? Like, how has that not been touched upon? How has that not made them think, you know what? Maybe we strip this World Cup. And the craziest thing is that anytime a reporter goes to Qatar to uh, document the progress of the World Cup, the people there will only show them the nice rooms and they'll prepare everything and it's all staged. And don't forget, this isn't exactly an open democratic country. You're you're not allowed to see whatever you want to see. And actually, if you guys go on our Twitter page, we retweeted someone who, it was like a 10 minute long video of the actual working conditions for some of the people in Qatar. There was a journalist who went into Qatar with a secret camera that no one knew about and he was able to take photos and videos of the actual conditions that these people are living in. It looks bad. It's worse than what you would see in like the worst like dog kennel or dog like it, it's just like the worst oh flat out, yeah. I, I, w- I would be pissed to have my animal my pet in that condi- in those conditions let alone a human it's ridiculous because the migrant workers get to qatar they take their passports and basically go yep you're basically a slave now sorry 
and the amount of people who are dying from heat exhaustion and exhaustion in general, all this stuff, it's just absurd. And so basically a, a couple of different little rumors have been circling around Twitter that there were secret meetings being held by FIFA over the last week to determine where to move the 2022 World Cup to. God, I hope they are. Because that would be big if true. It needs to happen. We've we've talked about it on this podcast before, but everything about the Qatar World Cup is fucked up yeah. on, on every scale. The yeah. fact that it was given under shady circumstances, the fact that they didn't even play football really in Qatar, like mm-hmm. they didn't have the infrastructure for this. We already told you they didn't even have the the city of the final didn't exist when they were awarded the World Cup back in 2010. Yeah, that was only 10 years ago. The city did not exist. And so they already have to move the World Cup to November and try to do it between November and December to avoid the strict heat in the summer. But then that's going to ruin every single league, league in the world is going to be ruined by this. And so what we what we thought would be a good idea would be to talk about where we think the World Cup should be moved to. Um, because we, I think all three of us already agree that it needs to be moved yep, because this for is sure. focus. 100%. For sure. On Twitter, I actually asked all of our listeners uh, on a, in a poll. Uh, where they think the Qatar World Cup should be moved to. And I, so Twitter only gives you four options. I did, the four <laughs> that I did was England, Argentina, and Spain, and then also somewhere else. The reason I did it this way is that Spain is my, per, or I'm sorry, England is my personal choice mm-hmm. for why the where the World Cup should be moved to. I picked Argentina because I was thinking of, okay, what's another country that is ready to technically, I guess, host the World Cup, that it would be in South America because Brazil just hosted the World Cup. Right, yeah. They there's no, there's no point in doing it there. So I was like, all right, well, Argentina already has a good infrastructure for football. And then I didn't include the United States because we're already hosting the 2026 World Cup. So it exactly. wouldn't make sense as to doing... Back to back. Yeah, US, you're not going to do that. It wouldn't make any sense. And so then I thought about, okay, what's another European country that would be ready to kind of take on a World Cup? I thought Spain. They have a lot a lot of clubs, yeah. you know, up and coming, like probably the best league in the world next to the Premier League, you know, a lot of good infrastructure. So Yeah, I agree, I agree with Spain. I mean, Europe hasn't really hosted since 06. Again, I'm counting Russia as Asia before anyone comes at me for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think what, Italy 06 is the last, or sorry, Germany 06 is the last European hosted World Cup, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And again, it depends on how you view Russia, but I can... Right, right, right. If you want to argue with me on that, you could argue. You could could pin me down on that, but I'm going to fight back. And so actually, the results of our poll was that a majority of people, 47%, agreed that England should host the World Cup. 6% said Argentina, and 24% said Spain. 23% said somewhere else, and I asked everybody to write where they think it should be moved to if they wrote somewhere else, and no one really answered. So (laughs) it's all right. We'll just take it with the Fuck them kids. (laughs) Um, I personally like Argentina, to be honest. I didn't really think about it. I think it is ready. There's a bunch of soccer stadiums. There's a bunch of famous soccer stadiums there. Some of the most famous on the planet. Exactly. Like, imagine a World Cup final at La Bombonera. But now my problem is, mm, yeah. Well, here's what happened last year, right? With the, the Libertadores, they had the chance to do it so well. They were given this golden, beautiful opportunity, <laughs> and people... All they had to do was not fuck it up. That was and it. Boy, and and it would have, and they would have changed people's re- uh, perception of Argentinian football the world over because everybody was paying attention to that final, and yet they fucked it up so bad that they had to move the final out of that continent and bring it to Europe, which was already ridiculous in and of itself. Mm. But they played the where again the the Bernabeu. Okay, yeah, such a force. It was stupid. I I think Argentina would be awesome. It's just that 
How I, you couldn't justify it in my opinion after last year. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I I low key forgot about that whole situation about mm-hmm. them having to move the move the final to, it was to so Europe. Absurd. I kind of forgot about that too. You just said it. And oh my god! Yeah, wait Bro, a that was crazy. <laughs> and so I would crazy. love to see a World Cup in Argentina. It would be dope. It'd be cool. It'd be really nice. But they, I, I'm sorry, you just can't trust them right now. Like it's not. They, yeah. Their security couldn't even. They didn't. They barely had any security, and people were throwing <laughs> fucking brick pieces through buses like. I'm sorry. Like that's that's not a that's not all right. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we scratch Argentina off the list. They might be a little. What about low. Mexico? I feel like Mexico goes. So Mexico's hosted two World Cups mm-hmm. uh, in '86 and the '70s, I believe. They could definitely do it too. Um, but again, because the 2026 World Cup bid is actually not just America, it's it's Mexico, Mexico U.S., and, and Canada. Canada. Yeah. Technically, all three countries are hosting the World Cup. So for me, it wouldn't make sense to double up again. You know. I agree. Right. So fuck it, England. It is. Yeah, or Italy, maybe Italy. I don't know when the last time they were hosted. Italy wouldn't be a bad one. Italy hosted in 1990. They would be all right. Um, yeah, they wouldn't be bad. I think Juve got a new stadium right recently. It's relatively I think recently. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did some renovations, I believe. They're taking San Siro down though. Yeah, but but that's that's supposed to start right before. I think in like 2021 they were thinking about demolishing it and rebuilding. Yeah, so, so. that'd be gone for the World Cup. Napoli's making some big changes to theirs. Yeah, but you gotta think. There's there's a bunch of different teams. Roma Stadium's nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm 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 not saying it's impossible. Trust me. I'm just I'm just pointing out the part of their biggest, most so famous stadium's the, gone. The criteria that I was looking at it was: we are in 2019. We are only three years away from the World Cup. You basically kind of have to look at it. All right, what country is ready to host a World Cup in three years' notice? Which it may seem like a long time, but three years for a World Cup really isn't all that much yeah, time. You have to, you know, get the right team. Like, everything has to be done, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Whereas every other country has been given, you know, 10 years to prepare, six, seven, eight years to prepare. Three years isn't that much, especially because we're already past, you know, we're in the summer and now it's like three years on the dot. I find that even if you were to expand it outside of England, right? Because especially because at that point, I think they want to have it, they were considering expanding the amount of teams, but... You could do it with England and even Scotland, too. You know, you could just do yeah, a true. whole Great Britain World Cup, which they have never, I don't think, ever done. Because I think when they did it in 1966 in England, it was just England. Yeah. But, you know. Because didn't, if I'm not wrong, Great Britain hosted the 2012 Olympics, and they did a pretty damn good job. Yeah. Yeah, overall with Great Britain. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. Um, I just think that it would be a shame to have a World Cup and not be able to have uh, Celtic and Ranger stadiums to be a part of it, since they're so emblematic of yeah. world football. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about them as much. I feel like it'd be really cool if you did just like an Island of Great Britain World Cup. Because you could do the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, which is massive. Yeah. You have Wembley. You have Old Trafford. You have Yuck. <laughs> you have a lot of stadiums that are basically ready to host the World Cup. Yeah. And it's not, like I said, it's not just in England. You could even expand it to Great Britain and, and go into Wales and even go into Scotland. Um, so that would be a cool idea. Of course, now the I thought about this after I voted for England. The whole Brexit bullshit really might put a hinder on oh, them yeah. going. Hey, I we're gonna give England the World Cup because not basically it would be really difficult because once the UK is out of European Union, they're gonna have a hard border and they're not. Gonna, you're not gonna be able to basically because basically today Europeans can just walk into any other European country and there's nothing. It's just there's no borders for European citizens. Yeah. They just kind of it's open borders. You can live and work in any country you want if as long as you have an EU passport. But as soon as Britain and well, the UK leaves European Union, now all of a sudden, people who are going to be traveling from Europe are going to have to deal with that, which for a lot of us, it's kind of normal because anybody who is from the United States and has traveled for a World Cup will get it. But 
it's hard because a lot of the public is European. And so they might look at it and go, well, it would be a headache for all of these people to do it. Why not? Why don't we do it somewhere in mainland Europe and force the stupid UK people who want to leave to come and get visas to come back into Europe? You know, so that's where I started to think maybe Spain might be a little bit better to do it or even uh, France or Italy. I don't know if France would be perfectly suited for it yeah especially because they are hosting the women's world cup now they might not want to double up yeah that's why I kind and, of and they just hosted a euro a couple years ago 16 oh true it? yep they did host the euros so i definitely don't think france would be it yeah no. now the part that gets weird is that because the the euros of 2020 are going to be held ac- all across europe the final of the euros is going to be wembley so mm-hmm. that's already going to be another one that they're like, well, are we really going to give Wembley the Euro final and then two years later give it the World Cup final? That's kind of a lot of finals to be given Wembley. Yeah, that's fair. Mind you, I, I think Wembley's a beautiful stadium and it's hosted a World Cup final before, but it's like, I don't know, it feels like it might be overkill. It is kind of feel like overkill. I'm like, I'm sitting here it, quiet because I'm trying to think like realistically. I do, like, I do really have to feel overkill, but I think in this situation, you have to factor in the factors. And it's not, you're not giving Wembley two back-to-back finals like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're taking from Qatar. Remember that. Wembley wasn't just given this because you want to give it to Wembley. I see, yep. You need them in a moment of crisis, and right. that's why Wembley's getting it. So because of that, I'd be okay with it. If they were just like, okay, let's pick um, Wembley and Wembley. No. I agree. Overkill too yeah. much. Yeah. Move it around. But circumstance dictates it a little bit. Exactly. Okay. The circumstances and with what's going on and the situation they're, that they're kind of put in on such short notice... I'd be okay with Wembley getting those two finals back to back. England's good. Um, Belgium. Don't give any games to Anfield. Don't. Well, the problem with Belgium is that it's a smaller, it's a smaller country. Yeah. But they could do. I mean, you know, it's something interesting. They've never done like a Scandinavian uh, World Cup. True. That would be interesting. I don't know if any of those countries would be ready for a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. You know. I think it, w- it could be cool to do it somewhere that hasn't had a World Cup in Europe, even though I know that, you know, they need a lot of stadiums. They need a lot of different locations. But shoot, if they did a Spain, Portugal one, too, that'd be pretty hot. Spain, that Portugal would be, would be cool. Yeah. Iberian Peninsula, Peninsula World Cup. Mm. Um, you have like Porto Stadium there, Benfica Stadium. Um, sporting Stadium is pretty nice, too. Yeah. And then you probably have the Bernabeu, the Wanda, yeah. the Camp Nou, Valencia Stadium. Yeah. You guys weren't. Oh, wait, no. 2010 was in Africa. That's the other one is that, like, we're you're kind of limited. I mean, it could be cool to maybe give it to Australia, but I don't know how ready they would be for a I whole thought about World that in Cup. my head, and I, I, debated, I was like, I would I would doubt they have stadiums ready to host the World Cup. So I know that their league is growing. The A League is growing, but. I don't know. Would Australia? I think if Australia could do it, that would be dope. Yeah. It's still, it's still an Asia World Cup. Technically, it wouldn't be true. Take, or I don't know if they're. No, I think, think Australia. Well, Oceania. I think Australia is part of Asia, and like oh. New Zealand is part of Oceania. Oh. I believe. Mm. You know what? I don't know enough about this topic to debate it, so I'm gonna go ahead and. I think I saw that. Um, I think they'd be cool. Australia's oh, yeah, yeah. World Cup. That would be beautiful wild. country. I would yeah, love it. I would sick. definitely go. Like, let's do it. Like that would be sick. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I feel like there'd be a lot, of, a lot of horror stories coming back of people running into like these wild animals, like giant six foot spiders and shit that oh, they have over man, there. Imagine. Oh, wow, imagine that. That'd be nuts. I think, but then again, I think Australia would be make for a cool. I agree. World Cup. Australia would be a good one. Um, if sh- they're ready structurally, they'd be a good one. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Like. Um, have it like South America based, like you know what I mean, like the smaller parts of it, like Uruguay, Chile type shit. A lot of them are not 
so I mean, like Uruguay has a good economy right now. Chile's looking decent right now. It's pretty safe both of those countries currently. But they probably don't have stadiums. Well, for that. Chile would be a pretty decent one. I just don't know if yeah, Chile hosted Copa America a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. it could be interesting mm-hmm. to do Chile. I wouldn't mind it. I just think that because 2014 was just five years ago, they wouldn't want to repeat because they used to have a, a system of like not repeating. Yeah, like continents, but I don't know. I think yeah, Chile would be interesting. Fuck it, Antarctica, come in. <laughs> yeah, dude, they actually have all these stadiums ready to go. Yeah, just no stadiums. Penguins just playing right on the ice. Gave you the conditions or get out. Imagine that Brazil would win. It's like um, what's that? What's that? Uh, Is that Brazil would win? Brazil would win in Antarctica. It's oh like a, so it's like um, what's that um, bomb sled movie? Oh. Um, well, the Jamaican dudes, right? Yeah. 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 Oh. The, they'd be the same team. <laughs> oh, it's a movie, man. I can't Guys, that name. I'm an idiot. Good runnings. Or cool runnings. Yeah, cool cool runnings. Cool, cool runnings. runnings. Not good runnings. <laughs> there we go. Guys, I'm a moron. I said I can't remember if a Scandinavian, Scandinavian country hosted a World Cup. 1958, Brazil won in Sweden. Mm. So that's kind Ew, of my bro. fault. Learn there. your own country's know, history. Right? Stupid. I feel bad. That was dumb. But now my question is, between like Spain... Puerto Rico. Oh, oh okay. That'd be cool. Put it there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are you making a face over there for? We're at like... <laughs> we're with all the teams today. Puerto Rico's tiny. San Juan. <laughs> <laughs> but like between Spain and like Italy, because I think those are two that haven't hosted in a while. Yeah. Could probably possibly host it. I would toss in Germany as like a, a, a last option, but then again, they did host yeah. in two thousand six. Between like Spain and Italy, where what would you guys pick? Spain. Spain, Spain. Portugal. I would do a Spain like half and half. Spain and Portugal? Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be cool. I don't know if Portugal's ever hosted a World Cup. I don't Cup. think so. Me neither. And I think like especially because they have been kind of doing more yeah. like split. And a thirty eight year old Cristiano Ronaldo in his home country. That would actually so. be really kind of cool. You think he'll play he'll play the next one, right? I think at he the, will. At this rate, kind of. I, think he, I think he has to. Yeah. He's looking fine. Him and, him and Juan Felix starting up top. Dude, Ooh. this man scored a hat trick in the, league, the Nations League final. Don't get me wrong. It's it's like uh, it's not exactly a big tournament. Fact check the semifinals. The Nation League finals semifinal. Okay, fair. Because it's fair. technically called the Nation. You're right. League you're right. Finals. Okay, I was making Sorry. sure. I was like that. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But no. the dude's still score banging him in. So there's no yeah, reason he why he can't play in three years. And listen, he put a picture up on IG the other day, and let me tell you, the man's looking fit. Yeah. And so I could see him playing another one, especially imagine it being in his home country. That would oh, be cool. Oh, man. I'm going to take back my vote for England. Fuck you guys for wanting to leave the European Union. I think that's the, <laughs> the, the nail in the coffin. Fuck for Brexit. Me. I think Y'all that- just Brexited yourself out of a World <laughs> Cup. Congrats, buddy. Uh, I just feel like I, England would make sense because they haven't hosted it since 66. It's been a long time. Yeah. They they're finally have people who, who are supporting their national team again True. and not just lambasting them True. day in and day out. So I feel like the energy in England would be different than it probably would have 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, um, I agree. And I just like, you know, it'd be, I would like that. It would be cool. But I think that if the Brexit thing seems to be too big of a factor for the decision makers... A Spain Portugal World Cup would be cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know. Honestly, I was heavily on the England bandwagon. I think you guys swayed me. So, so FIFA, holla at us yeah, at Culture FC at Treble. Exactly. <laughs> we can figure out this yeah, we did, World we, Cup. We took care of for you. You took our vote off of England. We threw it right on Puerto Rico. <laughs> I, we said Portugal with Spain, not Puerto Rico. Oh, I heard it wrong. Then. Oh, okay. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I thought we. I thought we said Cristiano Hernandez was going to oh, like the final in his home country, no? 
Bro, your kid's not going to be born by the time. Three. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, no, no. Uh, don't wish that on me. Chill out. I see you. I see, I see you saying the things. Don't wish that on me. You could have a kid by then, but I don't know if Oh, I could playing. have a kid. He will not be playing. He'll be three years old. What are you, what are you struggling for? I figure out what Cristiano Ronaldo did to clone himself. Pretty sure that son just popped up out of nowhere. Maybe I could play. <laughs> well, I think that's okay. probably a good place to end the episode. <laughs> hey guys, this is fun. I'm not, I'm not coming back. To the, I'm not coming back for next episode. I'm, <laughs> I'm sick next week. <laughs> Once again, thank you guys for listening to another one of our episodes. We truly appreciate it. Let us know what you think. If you have any cool things you want to ask us or want to talk about, please don't hesitate. We like to talk about cool things here. You know. Because we're not a lame podcast. We're a cool podcast. <laughs> At know. least that's what my mom tells me. Bang. So shout out to all the moms listening to podcasts too. <laughs> but as always, you can follow us on all social media at Treble. At Treble Soccer. They're all at Treble Soccer. Okay. Oh, but the Instagram. All Soccer. The back yeah, but Close Rusty has one too. Oh. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow us on all of our socials at treble soccer and on the culture fc instagram at culture fc you could find us there culture f oh my god it wasn't available leave me alone dude get you should have paid for it <laughs> guys it's at culture f but thank you guys mikey out <laughs> Get them like you did a rock symbol on his way out there. <laughs> we'll no, I mean, two, two pieces out signs like I'm Nixon. <laughs> Boy, I'm gonna be Nixon you from this podcast. <laughs> if you keep doing that. Oh. All right, guys, no, me or Mikey next week. Have fun. <laughs> we'll is catch you guys uh, next week. Is this gonna be Louis venting? <laughs> so, why cut these guys? Uh, this is fucking kept laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs>